It's time for your week four Blue Rush preview show. It's our Giants pregame show and podcast from the New York Post and SNY. The Giants are on prime time again this time. It's Monday Night Football against the Geno Smith 2.0 and the 2-1 Seattle Seahawks. What's up, everybody? I'm Brandon London, and here's the gang. Longtime Giants beat writer for the Post, Paul Schwartz, and two-time Super Bowl champ, former Giants kicker Lawrence Tyne. Tynes, they're here. We have a great show for you guys. We've got three player interviews from the locker room, Adore Jackson, Xavier McKinney, Jason Pinnock. We're also reading the comments and questions from the X app or Twitter or whatever you guys call it, and we're talking player prop bets. Guys, I know it's prime time because Tynes has his hair slicked back. Looking good, gentlemen. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you. Yes, it is prime time. Not the not the greatest of memories for this current Giants team on on prime time, mm-hmm. but um, you know it. We'll see what they can do Monday night. I think it's a big opportunity, and no one will say it in the locker room. Must win game. Got to have it. Got to go to two and two in the first quarter of the season. Well, Paul, you were in the locker room. You were out at practice. It's time for your practice report. Can you update us on any injuries or anything new that we should know about this Giants football team? Well, we will talk about the whole must-win thing, um, Lawrence. Um, look, you were a player for many years, and people like me came in and said it is a must-win. And you would say, no, no, it's not a must-win. Nobody, you know, Leonard Williams. We'll get into it a little later. Not a must-win, but look, it's not a, it's not a game you can just take lightly. Obviously, it's a game I think they have to win to have any kind of real serious playoff aspirations. But you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll move on to that later in the show. Um, as far as injuries, you know. Everyone kind of practice on a limited basis. Um, the guy we're all wondering most about is Saquon Barkley. I think um, Andrew Thomas will play. You know, I think he, he maybe could have played in um, San Francisco, but uh, discretion was the better, better part of valor there, and he did not play. Saquon, um, he did some individual things. I thought he looked okay. Um, not enough for me to say he's going to play. I think, you know, once it was revealed that it's a high ankle sprain, uh, I was much less optimistic about his ability to play. Now, I heard it was a mild high ankle sprain, which, um, you know, there are severities to this, right? There are, you know, you know, it's all, all certain, it's certain torn ligaments, right? Up in that lower, lower leg area. Yeah. That's what a high ankle sprain is. Um, um, I would bet against him playing right now, but, you know, I don't know that for sure. But they are getting healthier. Ben Bredesen's back. He's going to start at left guard, you know, so so he's back. And I think they have um, some stability, at least, at offensive line. Now we'll see if they're good enough. Yeah, that stability on that offensive line is going to help these guys. Obviously, Saquon, if he doesn't play, that is going to be – Uh, a big talking point throughout the week leading up to Monday because let's get right into this Giants offense. We'll start with the running backs. Breida had seven total touches against San Francisco. I believe between he and Brightwell, the running backs had 11 total touches. Uh, Carolina, the Panthers, couldn't run the ball against Seattle. How does this Giants offense get some sort of momentum in the run game with or without Saquon Barkley uh, tines? You just have to move the line of scrimmage, guys. It's not that hard. Um, pro football is about owning the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. The Giants have to, at home, put on a good performance and move people off of the ball, off the line of scrimmage. They got to run the football. I did a kind of a deep dive last night into stats. I was like stat diving on Daniel Jones' career, and I I got into like the weeds, guys. I really went deep. I got into the weeds on like. Sh- how many times does he throw it with play action? 
under center from shotgun in his career. And I was doing percentages in my mind. You know, that guy with the numbers going like this, that was me. <laughs> um, he's obviously much, much better as a play action passer, but you can't have play action unless you have a run game. And actually that's every quarterback. So I fact checked that. I went and looked at Mahomes and looked at all the best guys. Everyone's better with play action. They got to run the football. It's the most paramount thing they have to do. Um, I would like to see Daniel though, uh, kind of doing a, really deep dive into these stats. I'd like to see him under center more. He's a much better passer, almost a hundred grading guys. Um, I know that's not today's NFL. They put him in shotgun a lot. There's a lot of reads from there. That's how the offense was built, but I would like to see him under center more and, and he's sacked less. His ratings higher, his completion percentage is higher. Uh, and obviously they run the ball pretty well from there. So, um, they just got to move the line of scrimmage, Brandon. They just got to get physical with this team and, you know, Carolina was not able, as you mentioned, to do much last last week. But I think the Giants can run the ball. They just got to stay committed to it. Paul, is this Giants run game the key to unlocking Daniel Jones's true potential? I don't think it's the key. I think it's important, as Lawrence said. You know, I mean, I mean, this is not a this is not a you know throw for three eighty and run for fifty. This is not the kind of team it is. And you know, all around the league. You know, running backs go down, and the number two guy comes in and plays well, right? I mean, do we know what Matt Breida can do? You know, he barely got the ball no. last year. Uh, he starts this year, right, in the game, and then he, he, as you said, Brandon, seven rushes. You know, they get behind. They're playing a, a, a you know, probably the best front in the league, and it's just not going to work. But you know, let's go. Let's pick it up. You know, the old Tom Coughlin thing. You know, let's go here. Uh, as 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 Lawrence said, they got a block <laughs> up front, and you know. Matt Breida has to run the ball. That's all. I mean, he's a veteran. They re-signed this guy because they value his leadership and they think, you know, he, he's got speed. Um, you know, he's a proven guy in the league. He hasn't done much the last few years. Like I said, you know, you know, riding shotgun to Saquon Barkley is not much of a ride. But yep. um, if Saquon can't play, um, you know, if he can't do it, then they misfire here. And they should have, um, you know, then Eric Gray should be more ready or they should have brought someone else in. I mean. You know, it, it's it's. Uh, I agree. It, it it's enough with these. We can't do it. We can't do. We can't do this. We have to keep everyone in. I mean, they got to play some football. I mean, the Seattle is a team very much on the Giants level. Would you agree? It's very much a team that is going yep. to be in the playoff hunt in the NFC. It, you know, they're going to win ten, nine, eight. They're going to be right in that range. The Giants, we hope, will be in that range. You know, let, you know, play some real football here. I mean, I mean, you know, you watch the first three games, and it's almost like. The offensive line, you know, met each other yesterday and is just trying to figure it out. I mean, it's it's some of this has been unacceptable and not running the ball at all is just totally unacceptable, no matter yeah. if Saquon's in there or not. Yeah, especially in the second half. I believe Brita only had four touches in the second half against San Francisco. And I understand you're down, what, one possession, two yeah. possession games. But at the same time, it's that's going to open it up like you, you times just had the stats. And the run game opens up the passing game. And I wonder, is it because Breida, uh, he, he will average that four yards per carry, which is solid, which is what you need on a run. But I wonder if it's because he hasn't had that home run, uh, th that he hasn't hit that home run run or pass or catch that they kind of move away from that because the Giants are in need of such chunk plays and explosive plays that they try and get out of the run game to try and create that in the passing game. But – like to, like Tyne said, running the ball sets up your speed, your play action. You have speed on the outside with Jalen Hyatt, Darius Slayton. You had guys like Adam Thielen and DJ Shark for the Carolina Panthers having a solid day against Seattle. I believe the key to this game is Daniel Jones in this past game going down the field, creating some sort of explosive plays because Seattle can score. Who within this Giants offensive passing game, fellas, do you think needs to have the big day? And I'll ask that question to you to start off with, Paul. I mean, take your pick. Um, <laughs> um, you know, look, Darren Waller certainly, you know, I mean, I think we need to just readjust a little bit with Darren Waller. You know, he's not what he was in with the Raiders. I just don't think he's that player. Um He's not what he was in the spring and summer when he was, you know, running around and he was a beast. Um, he's more than what we've seen so far. I mean, the whole thing has been so dysfunctional that, um, 
you know, this is almost like a restart. They've had, what, 10, 11 days off, uh, which is good. They needed it to heal up mentally, physically. You know, that those three games in 12 days was a bit much. So, you know, with Darren Waller, you know, he's not going to be um, Travis Kelsey sans Taylor Swift. You know, he's going to be he, – he's – he's but they need to get him more involved. You know, Paris Campbell is averaging four and a half yards a catch. You know, I mean, yeah. he, everything he, he catches, his back is to the defense and he's facing Daniel Jones and, you know, sliding to the ground. Um, um, you know, Jalen Hyatt was a big source of, of, of conversation because he, he, he didn't play much. Well, he didn't play much because they had 17 guys in to block because they were afraid of Bosa ruining <laughs> the game. Um, you know, and, and, and at some point you just have to play these guys. You know, you have to say you're going to block him. And we're going to have our receivers out there. And, and, and you know, Hyatt's not going to get, you know, 70 snaps. But, um, you know, Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins. Look, guys, I did. I talked with um, Sterling Shepard the other day. And he's frustrated. You know, you know, he's frustrated. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't know if you saw that story. He said the handwriting's on the wall. You don't have to be a rocket science to see it. You know what I mean? He's frustrated. He got two snaps in San Francisco, too. And, um I'm not saying Sterling Shepard's going to be, you know, the, the next the next thing to turn this offense, you know, on, you know, on its heels. But um, he's healthy, he's back. He doesn't play special teams. Um, you know, um, Wandale Robinson is going to get more snaps now. You know, Cole Beasley's waiting in the wings. You know, he's got a few more games, oh, yeah? and they could active mm-hmm. him, activate him. So, you know, I think it's just as likely that Sterling Shepard is a healthy scratch. Than he is getting, you know, you know, forty snaps and 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 you know, getting a bunch of targets. So, um, um, you know, their passing game is is not what it needs to be by a long stretch. And um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm wondering, can Sterling Shepard help here? I'm hoping that he kind of keeps a cool head on this one because it is a long season, and you you guys are going to go down the way the NFL is set up now. Like being on the practice squad means that you're going to play at some point this year. You got guys that have had success on the practice squad, so I I, I get how he feels and. I, it's one of those situations, times where you don't want him to tell himself a story because just like that, he could be thrown into the game and now, have to play. Now, now he he did say he did say, look, I've seen too many times where a guy is frustrated and ticked off, and he's not ready to play when he's called because you okay. you yeah. don't know when you're going to call. So he's ready, he's a pro, but he's frustrated. You know, I mean, why wouldn't he be frustrated? He got two snaps in the game, and yeah. like I asked him, would it be a little more palatable to you? If the offense was humming, the passing game was playing mm. well, and you're, there's just no place for you. He said, well, yeah, I mean, they're not doing anything, and he's not getting the call. So, like I said, he's a team guy. We all know Shepard. You know, we all know Sterling. Yep. But, of course, he's frustrated, right? If you don't get to play, you're frustrated. Yeah. Times, if you're a Giants receiver and you are playing, you are Darius Slayton, you are uh, Paris Campbell, are you frustrated with the offense right now? Yeah, you have to be. I've actually filed a lawsuit against the Giants for false advertising. <laughs> They, they falsely advertised that Darren Waller was fast. He could run, jump. Same with all these other guys. Where is it? What happened to this offense? What happened to Darren Waller? Were they showing us those videos on Twitter and Instagram and, like, faster speeds? You know, you can speed it up a little bit. I, I think that's what the Giants did here to us, guys. They duped us. False advertising. The lawsuit's going to hit John Mayer's table very soon. Uh, I don't know what the hell happened to this offense. Something, something did. Uh, they got scared. They don't run the football. And to go back on Paul's point earlier about the running backs, I would love to see Brightwell get a lot of carries. I love the way he runs. I think he needs to be more involved. I'd love to see Gray. You look at the good teams, the Dolphins, the Steelers, the Lions, everybody's using these multi-running back uh, uh, formation, not formations, but they're playing a lot of backs throughout the game, which you have to keep them fresh, durable. Um, Receiver-wise, guys, I don't know. I don't even know what the hell this team is on offense. Yeah. They're nothing what they showed in the in the preseason. Um, they were second half. We have we have thirty minutes of football of what we think they are against Arizona. That's it. Um, and they didn't really run the ball there. So uh, I'd like to see them get back to a more balanced attack with some play action. Play action opens up Waller. It opens up Hyatt. It opens up Slayton, Paris Campbell. I don't know. They gave him a little bit of money. He's is he any better than than Sterling? I don't know. Like you said, Paul, he catches the ball and he falls down. Yeah, a lot of the catches he had, those little quick out routes against Seattle yeah, no, were yeah. like the, the, hot, the hot reads. He was getting the ball out early, and that's that's not what you brought him in to do, be a hot read guy. And if you're going to uh, file a lawsuit 
against this team. Tyne, CC the Giants' uh-huh. offensive line. Because this primetime game uh-huh. right now, the Giants get to control their narrative off after this game. They get to shut the noise up and be like, oh, we are a 2-2 two and two team that's beaten two decent, really good middle-tier tier teams. Or they're going to be a 1-3 team where people are like, you know what, why are we giving these guys primetime games anymore? But the Giants' offensive line has to show up and show this game. Seattle's pass rush was pretty much absent through the first two weeks, but Carolina's offensive line kind of allowed them to show up. This is the Giants' offensive line time to be like, hey, look, we had some guys nicked up. We were making some adjustments, but we can be that solid offensive line like we were in the second half against the Arizona Cardinals. And then there, we were able to see Darren Waller. We were able to see Saquon, the run game, pass game to the running backs. We were able to see Jalen Hyatt. It all goes it all goes hand in hand. And, you know, talking to some of the receivers uh, in, in, in the locker room on Tuesday, they understand, like, a receiver's job we can be wide open, but if the quarterback doesn't have time to throw it, doesn't see it, then we no. can't do our job. So it's like those guys get called out unfairly sometimes because they're not able to at least get the ball thrown their way. So I think this has to be a huge game for this Giants offensive line to be able to kind of shut up the noise on the outside and, and build off of this. And that goes into – so th- that kind of leads into the next thing because when you have an offensive line that's struggling, guys – Who's calling the plays? How are you calling the plays? If you're, there's a lot of chatter online that people want Brian Dable to call the plays. Are you guys Team Kafka or are you Team Dable on who's calling these plays? Times, I see you shaking your head. I mean, I'm just whoever can call the plays, figure it out. The <laughs> players have to execute the play. It, it, Kafka can call the plays. Dable can call the plays. I don't really think it matters. They're just not executing. If you, okay. you, know, you see all these reports about the offensive line, right? It's 31st or 32nd in the NFL again. We are sick and tired of talking about these five guys up front. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Like it's embarrassing. Do your job. Block the man in front of you. Seven out of 10 times. That's good enough. They don't do it 50% of the time. That's the problem. They have no time to throw. Daniel Jones looks terrible at times because of the offensive line. Um, they've got to fix this, guys. I'm sick of talking about it. I'm sick of talking about individual players on this offensive line. You build a football team on the O-line and D-line. It's why we won Super Bowls. Not comparing anything. Show up and do your job. I'm not saying you're going to win every rep, but this is nauseating talking about this offensive line. I'm sick of it. Go play. Go block your man. Win some, lose some. But they're losing more than they're winning, which is why they're one and two. I'm a, you know, I'm just, I, I talked to um, I talked to Sean O'Hara, your buddy, right? You know, your former teammate, and he gave me a really good breakdown of of um, you know John Michael Schmitz, right, center, and he said he's getting definitely getting beat. He's definitely getting beat at times, but you can tell the two guards to his left and right are different every play, you know, every game, and he does not know where the you know, who's picking up the twist, who's mm. doing this, you know, that sometimes, you know, Marcus McKeithen was less experienced than John Michael Schmitz, you know what I mean? And then, you know, they put Sean, um, um, Shane Lemieux in last game, you know, he struggled, he hadn't played in a long time, he was very rusty, you know, so they are finally getting some continuity, you know, you know, the big, the big bell cow, um, Andrew Thomas should be back, um, you know, McKeithen's going to be there again, uh, Bredesen will be back, you know, he's their best left guard, I mean, I mean, I don't know what that's saying, but he is. So, you know, he brings some stability. And, you know, to your point, Lawrence, about just play, I mean, Evan Neal has just got to – he's just got to figure it out. You know what I mean? He, he gets too – you know, Sean O'Hara was giving me a really good rundown that he is so concerned about getting out there fast because he's so worried about getting beat by someone around the end. He's so concerned about getting out there fast that he takes false steps and he gets off balance. And then he gets knocked down to the ground. You know, he's so concerned. He, he's not trusting his strength and his size to get there. He's taking a quick step out there yeah. and he's on the ground. And he said, you can't block anybody on the ground. He's on the ground way too much. They didn't draft him number seven to be on the ground. You know what I mean? So if he can't do it, it's a problem. He's their right tackle. If he can't do it. And I agree. I mean, I, you know, I think people are sensing this frustration from us, but it's like, you're right. I mean, Daniel Jones pressured on 47% of his drop deck. Drop ridiculous. Deck. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It just can't happen. You know, stop it. Yep. You know, I got, stop I got one it more stat for you guys. The Giants yep. have allowed 27 pressures in under two seconds. That's nearly it's twice ridiculous. as many as the second worst team. So, That's yeah. shocking. Yeah. 
That's why that ball is, is coming out. Yep, that's why that ball is coming out fast. And Paris Campbell was averaging four, what, four yards per yeah, catch. Yeah, and, and and by the way, those Niners players need to shut the hell up. What are, what are they talking about Daniel Jones's contract for? I'm, I know I'm getting off KFC, but I read that this week. That's I thought good. that was so chicken chicken shit. Like, I've got what a are comment they doing? for you. I've got a comment for yeah, you from the like, fans. Like, what are we doing? you're devaluing what you guys are. They're great defense. Of course the ball's coming out fast, right? Like, don't hate on Daniel Jones. He says nothing. Hey, pl- players talking about other players' money. That's not Never happened happen, in my day. Right, right. right? I mean, Back in the my fans day, it the never media, happened. Fans <laughs> in the media talk about it, but, you know, I mean, that that's... Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. They're a bunch... Yeah. They've won nothing. Those dudes have won nothing. None of those guys have won a damn thing in San Francisco. Not one damn thing for Greenlaw and the anonymous guys talking. Put your name on it. Put your name on it. Stop talking about our quarterback. Sorry, I got a comment this morning. I got a fan comment on that, so we're gonna go back. We're gonna go back and readdress that. I did want to talk about the return of Julian Love uh, to New York City. Obviously, the Seattle secondary is stacked with Woolen trending in the right direction. Looks like he'll be playing. Witherspoon had himself a solid game. Jamal Adams returns to the lineup. What do you guys think about this uh, Seattle secondary? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. They, they got some they guys suck. banged up, too. You know, this is a banged-up team. I mean, Ten guys on Seattle did not practice at all on um, on Thursday. So they, they're banged up. I mean, yes, Jamal Adams is coming back. It's his first game in over a year with the quadriceps. But I think Trey Brown, Kobe Bryant, um, Diggs um, didn't practice Thursday. We'll see about that. Uh, two two um, defensive linemen, uh, Reed and Jones, didn't practice. So we'll see. You know, you know, the, the Giants could catch a break here with this long break. Um, look, Julian Love. Uh, you know, you know, Brian Dable said it the other day. Um, he's a great player and a great guy. Um, he probably got that half right. He is a great guy. He's a good player. You know, Julian Love is a good player, and um, you know, his steadiness might be missing. You know, uh, you know, uh, Pinnock in the Giants' defensive backfield is like feast or famine, right? You know, he comes flying in like his hair is on fire, and mm-hmm. he may make a good play or he may miss a tackle. Uh, Julian Love was the opposite of that. He was more, you know, you know, more stout. You know, he made the play. He brought the guy down, you know, a little less flash. Uh, he's a good player. He's been banged up. He's been dealing, I think, with a hamstring. Uh, he gutted it out last game. Um, you know, you know he wants to play well. You know, he wanted to come back to the Giants, and they wanted him back. And um, I think the Giants actually offered him a little more money. But by the time he came back around to the Giants, um, that contract, you know, that offer was gone, and he, he mm. went out to Seattle. Um, which disappointed me. And, and I, you know, he was a guy I thought was really made for New York. Don't you guys? You know, Julian, you were in a locker room. You know, he really understood yeah. what New York was about. He was our good guy award winner. He was great with the media. And now he's out in Seattle. God bless him. It's very far away. It's, <laughs> yeah. When it's he came and did, real quick before I move on to the defense, when he came and did Good Morning Football, their studio's right next to us, and I was talking to him, and I was like, what's the biggest difference you've noticed from being out there? He's like, at practice here, you see the New York skyline in the background. He was like, practice out there, you see mountains, and he was like, they'll stop practice and just look at American bald eagles flying over the practice facility and stuff. He was like, that's pretty cool. So, I, I mean, I thought that was me being Hey, from- no state income taxes. No state in Washington, taxes, really. Don't ever underestimate oh. that. That's a little extra, right. oh, mo- move, extra money there. Go move out to the Pacific. Go move out to the Pacific. I'm not living yeah. out there with those coffee drinking people. Yeah. <laughs> Eagle watchers. Eagle watchers. All right, let's flip it to the defense. It's the return of Geno Smith 2.0. Geno is playing lights mm-hmm. out these last two years. How do the Giants contain, slow down, or even stop? Geno Smith, Paul. Um, well, first of all, you know, two of their offensive linemen are probably not going to play. Charles Cross has a toe injury. Mm. Phil Hayes has a calf injury. You know, so they're, you know, hello, knock, knock, knock. Hello, Kayvon Thibodeau. You know what I mean? You know, Charles Cross is probably not going to be there. You know what I mean? You got your one sack. The Giants got their sack. That's great. 
Um, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau has got to step it up. And like we talked about Evan Neal, the number seven pick, the number five pick. I mean, you know, I'm sure, Lawrence, I'm sure you're, you're, you're not real into hearing about scheme and dropping. And I do what the defense has asked of me and I can't get outside myself. Well, you know, sometimes you can just beat your man and just put the quarterback down. You know, mm. that's not getting outside yeah. of anything. That's just doing it. You know, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be 50 times a game you're going to be rushing the passer, but, you know, that's what you're there for. Um, you know, it was really interesting because Leonard Williams was a rookie in 2015 when Geno was with the Jets. Okay. You know, Leonard is was kind of very young. I think he was like 20 years old. You know, and Leonard still, I think, is kind of bemused about what's going on in the league sometimes. You know, he's kind of a, 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 a he's, he's just, a, you know, he's not the most, um, um, sophisticated is not the right word because it's not right. But Leonard he's a deep thinker, Leonard Williams. He just kind of lets things come to him. You know what I mean? And yeah. and yeah. Um, he said something very funny about. You remember? You know, Gino got punched out in the locker room by um, <laughs> Ik Empakali, whatever his name is, right? Yeah. You know. So this is Leonard. This is Leonard talking about him. He is a rookie. Okay. He said, "When I first came into the league, it was a crazy eye opener to me to see he got punched by a linebacker in the locker room." <laughs> I was a rookie seeing this, and it was just like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, that you is guys funny. Were in the room. Can you imagine? You can you imagine being in the Giants' locker room, sitting there at one point, and all of a sudden you see a linebacker go up to Eli and punch him in the mouth and that would break be his jaw. Absolutely. For God's sake? I mean, the linebacker a, a would have gotten jumped by forty other players. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but it does go to show you how far Geno Smith has come, and kudos yeah. to him yes. because yeah. yes. I am happy for a guy who has kind of been buried at one place and goes out there and and looks fantastic, not just good. Like, he's a really good NFL quarterback. Top 10, easy. It almost never happens. It almost never happens. I mean, there's some people, you know, in New York kind of wondering, say, could that ever happen to Zach Wilson? You know, does he have enough inside Mm. him where he gets out of the Jets and goes somewhere else? I think he does. isn't that interesting? I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I think he does. You know, I don't think we, really. You think he could Not be comparing a the Smith two? Type I think Zach Wilson could be phenomenal. I think he does wow. so many things well. Arm talent. Wow. I absolutely think Zach Wilson. I know we're getting off top. Can be phenomenal no. in the right. So yeah. put Zach Wilson in Kyle Shanahan's. You don't think he would t- turn this thing back a year ago when Purdy and say he had Purdy and Zach Wilson? You don't think Zach Wilson could be Purdy right now? But even better, no. I do. No. I think it depends wow. on the offense. You talked so, about you know his. Good. The, the Jets have to tell C.J. Mosley to to, to to punch out punch Zach Wilson in the locker room. That's it. And then he sends him oh, somewhere else, and he's, he's you know interesting. Oh, wow, interesting. Yeah. I th- I think one thing about that separates a Zach Wilson from a um who what's the guy's Geno Smith yeah. is I was I was I was I forget who I was talking to, but they were talking about when Geno was a backup, how he just prepared like a starter at all times when he was here in New York. I think Darius Slayton told me that. He was like when Geno was here, he or Xavier McKinney, one of those guys, when Geno was here, he was preparing like a starter at all times. He had this high level of confidence about him at all times. And you can see Seattle kind of won that trade, trading Russell Wilson to the Broncos and oh. keeping and having uh, Geno Smith at, at what they paid him at, at a cheaper at a cheaper rate, but he also benefits from having a DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Noah Fan. He has weapons around. He's got Injigba too, the talented yep. rookie guys. They're they're loaded. I'll say the last thing about uh, Zach Wilson. He's in that same exact category. He, you know, if you watch these shows on TV, Mike Lombardi and uh, the old Colts coach on the Mac of the show yesterday. He has less time than Daniel Jones in the pocket. So I don't care if Daniel, if uh, Aaron Rodgers was quarterbacking that Jets team. Mm-hmm. They're going th- – th- those offensive lines are horrific. I don't think he has a chance. How the hell did the Jets get into our show? But here we are. And, and you know what? And you know what, Brandon? You mentioned all those weapons, right? Um, yep. You know, we haven't – you know, it's amazing, right? After three games, we have not talked about the rookie corners that much, right? Which is kind of a good thing. Solid. Well, it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing because we're talking about everyone missing tackles and not stopping mm. a run, which is a bad thing. But it's not like we look at these games and say, well, the rookies just got that got trashed on the outside. That's why they lost. You know, they not, can't yeah. handle it. They, they've had their growing pains, but they have not been bad. And um, I think this is a big week because Seattle wants to run the ball and they oh, yeah. will throw the ball deep. And, you know, Metcalf and Lockett are like no one says, oh, they're the two best in the league, but they're really good. They're really you know, good. They're really yeah. good. 
and really physical, especially Metcalf. And I think this is, you know, they're going to have Metcalf run deep and either uh, Banks or Hawkins is going to have to run with him and be physical with him. And I think that's where the Giants could potentially get in some problems because I think that could be a really big, especially if it's a close game. You know, <clears throat> Seattle's 20 to nothing, which seems to happen every game against the Giants, you know, against somebody. Then they're not going to have to do that. But if it's a close game or Seattle's losing, I think this is the week the rookies really get tested, really. Call me crazy, guys, but I like the way our secondary kind of matches up against these receivers. If I'm, We'll, we'll hear from Adore Jackson a little bit later. Uh, but you put Adore Jackson on Tyler Lockett. You put Trey Hawkins third, who's a taller, longer, on a DK Metcalf, and then Tay Banks on Njigba. You, you give yourself a chance, uh, at least. We could have been talking about Tay Banks after the 49ers game. He dropped that that interception in the in the red zone that could have taken points off the board. But he's right there, Paul. I don't think we've seen a Giants first-round corner come in and kind of just pick up on the speed of the NFL and have that type of confidence that fast. And that guy plays with a lot of confidence. So I think he's going to be one of the first. He'll, he'll be the first person to get the turnover, that first turnover of the year. Uh, let's talk about Kenneth Walker the third and what he adds to this offense Paul, Tynes, this offense is as balanced as it can be in the NFL. When you talk about balance, 50-50, 60-40, you're talking about the Seattle Seahawks offense, Kenneth Walker III against a Giants defense that hasn't been that strong against the run. Winks got his hands tied, Tynes. Ooh, say that five yeah. times. Yeah, <laughs> that was a nice job. Kenneth Walker's fantastic player. Rookie last year, second-year player, runs really well. Um they're going to have their hands full like they always have. The Giants on that side of the ball, we've talked about offensive line. They need to stop the damn run. Um, we've got uh, – there's a lot of capital on that D-line uh, financially. It has played Okereke, who's been out of position a lot this year. Um, these linebackers, Micah McFadden had an outstanding game, still missed a few tackles. I think he's gaining confidence. I think Okereke kind of comes from an, a defense that didn't blitz as much as, as the Giants do. He's probably settling down, getting used to it. I think this defense is going to take a step forward, but they got to stop the run. Otherwise, it's going to be a field day with play action with those guys. DK Metcalf and Jigba, Lockett, tight end. I mean, Kenneth Walker out of the backfield too, guys. He can catch the football. Yep. So yep. stop the run. It's always been the number one priority of every single defense since football started. And they have not done that. Part of the reason they're one and two. We all point to the offense. This defense is not very good. Paul, do you think Wink is going to have to blitz again to create some sort of pressure and to stop the run? He always blitzes. You know what I mean? He, he yeah. He's not blitzing less. I mean, you know, and also, I mean, you guys, I don't know what you think, but, you know, those screen passes that were just abysmal, you know, oh. defending them in San Francisco, that's really a run in a lot of ways, you yeah. know. That, that, that's a running play, you know, and, 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 um, you know, Kenneth Walker has a tendency to go forward, right? You know, he, he's I, – I, wouldn't you describe him? He's sort of an angry runner. You know, he's that a little bit of a mod branch or oh, yeah. angry runner kind mm -hmm. of thing. And so if, if he's only supposed to get three yards, he gets four. You know, if it's only one yard, he gets three. And, and I asked I ask him, um, Okereke, about that. And he said, we have to be physical. We have to be physical with him because he is going to push us forward. And um, – you know, I've seen Okereke and I've seen Xavier McKinney at times not be the physical presences they needed to be. I mean, you know, uh, McKinney has been stood up a couple of times this year. You know, Connor near the end zone and, and you know, the force is moving forward and the Giants don't move it backwards. So, um, you know, you know, they brought in, uh, you know, Raheem Noches. They brought in a Sean Robinson to be those those run stoppers, you know. Dexter Lawrence gets paid a lot of money. Leonard Williams gets paid a lot of money. They're not just pass rushers. They're also run stoppers. Um, you know, not an impressive start to those guys at all. I mean, you know, we can go down the list. I mean, who's been impressive? Who's Who do you say, man, they are holding it down? You know, I mean, you have to, you have to, as Pat Riley said once in his, in his book, and famously, sometimes you just have to plant your feet and take a stand. You know what I mean? They have yeah. to plant their feet and take a stand on both sides of the line this week and Monday night. They just have to, you know, the season is pretty much depending on it. Yeah, I also have to mention Seattle's RB2, what Zach Charbonnet. He had nine yeah. carries, 46 yards. That's 5.1 yards per carries. They got to switch up. They've got two backs back there that are willing yes. and able. So the Giants' defense is going to have their hands 
uh, fool. But again, I look at this primetime game as a time for them to be able to change the narrative on national TV. Let's get to these fans' comments, questions, and I guess, yeah, I don't, I don't like when people overuse the word hate. They're hating, they're hating. Yeah, but uh, So I went around a lot. I went around all over the X app and just seeing what the vibe of Giants fans have been like this week. Uh, Larry Fisherman, <laughs> uh, DJ, at DJ Kachoa, number two. Uh, but our genius, our genius captain and leader, X, said tackling isn't the problem. Xavier McKinney said tackling wasn't the problem. What do you guys think about the Giants tackling going into this game? We kind of touched on it, but, you know, for our guy uh, who mm. wrote in, uh, what do the Giants well, have to do? Man, just tackle. They missed. <laughs> it's it, just like that. If that's not the, if 35 missed tackles is not the problem, mm. then tell Xavier I've got some oceanfront property in Lincoln, Nebraska for him. Mm. Uh, that's not true. Tackling is a problem. The Giants – it they has, did. They it did has a contributed. tackling circuit. Yep. They did a tackling circuit Thursday at practice. Okay. So, you know, to work on tackling. You know, McKinney's point was we need to create turnovers and we need to. What was the other thing he said that was more important than tackling? I don't know if it was get off the, the field. Get, yeah, get off the field on third down. I mean, he's not wrong with any of those no, things. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. But but how do you get off the field at third down? They throw a six yard pass on on third and nine, and you tackle the guy. You know what I mean? So, I mean, tackle. I mean, players hate talking about tackling because it is so fundamental that when you say, are you a bad tackling team, they cannot say yes because you're basically saying, um, Paul, when you it, write a story, do you know how to spell? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. well, you know But it's a pride spell. thing more than anything, Paul. It's a yeah. pride thing yeah. because right, at that right. point, this is a, a, t- a locker room full of alpha males. You are questioning their toughness. That's the question. Like, are you guys bad tacklers? That's that's basically saying, are you soft? Like, mm. in a different well, and, way. And because technique, and technique. You know what I mean? You're sloppy and you're soft, you know? And, yeah. and you know, they, 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 oh, no, we don't have to worry about tackling. We, we're, I got here because I can yeah. tackle. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. Real quick, Paul, question. Um, did, did, did they, do they do that tackling drill during the period where the media can watch practice, or was this at part of the closed practice? Okereke uh, uh, told me that they did a tackling okay. circuit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, basically, when the media is open, you know, when we see them, they do um, they do some fine special teams work. Yep. Which, no offense to Lawrence Tynes, it's not always the most riveting stuff. Okay. Um, they do some um, individual art. stuff, Andy? and it's art. Yes, it's art. Uh, and and then and then um, and then they kind of shoo us away and they kind of wait for us to get off the podium there, the platform there um, before they like the offensive line will actually line up because they don't want us to see who's lining up, which is, I mean, that's their prerogative. It's their practice, whatever. But yeah, we, any, believe me, anything we see during the open part of practice, they fully know you can see it because it doesn't mean anything. I was just wondering if Dable was doing that so the media could see it, so they could write about it like, oh, look, the Giants are working on tackling uh, in practice. Let's move on to the second one. We've got at Jizzle, faux shizzle. These newbies at D-line and linebacker need to step up because Dex getting a 90 PFF grade doesn't seem to ever translate to our run D being good. Uh, Dexter Lawrence had a 90 grade on PFF. A lot of fans are saying he they don't hear his name enough. How did he get a 90? Uh, times, what do you think of uh, Dex, the way he's playing? Well, I'm actually more excited to meet at Dizzle Faux Shizzle, who just <laughs> submitted the question, which is by far one of the coolest Twitter handles, X handles I've ever heard of. Um, Dexter has done his thing. He's clearly been the best player on defense, but his job is to kind of take on blockers and create a little bit of pressure and let these linebackers scrape off his backside and make plays and flow to the football. And, and the Giants just have not done that. You know, um, they have not made enough impact plays, stopping the run, sacks, turnovers. Um, Dexter continues to be one of the best and elite, you know, D tackles in this game. And that's, that's why he makes all the money, but these guys behind him got to start playing better, playing faster. Paul. Um, I'm very, very thankful that you don't have me read the fans questions on social media. <laughs> okay. Because um, I think, I think we have, have the right person up? reading them. I think we have the right person reading them is all, is all I'm saying, you know, this, this, this you know, uh, there's no, there's no like, means. Oh, this next question is from, Big Giant Fan 1956. I can read that one, okay? But I the, the, the other one's not so much. Um, I think Dexter's been okay. Look, 
heavy, heavy lies the head that wears the crown, right? He's got a $90 million crown on him right now. Everyone in the league knows it, you know, and um, um, with that comes expectation and with that comes more double teams and all that other stuff. And so this is a new frontier for guys like Dexter Lawrence and guys like, you know, you know, um, 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 Andrew Thomas also, when you get paid, you've got a, I don't know if it's a target on your back, but everyone around the league says, oh, this is one of the best guys in the league. Okay. Okay. Now he's getting paid like it. Okay. I make a fraction of what he makes. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to show him. So I think that's all part of it. And, uh, you know, Dexter's got to take it to the next level there because, you know, that's, you get the money, you get, you get the, the heat. All right, Big Blue, well, you heard from us. We read from some of the comments, and we'll be sure to interact with you guys on X and underneath uh, the comments on the YouTube. So you've heard from the fans, and now let's go into Quest Diagnostics Training Center, and let's see how Adoree Jackson, Xavier McKinney, and Jason Pinnock are looking at their matchups against this Seahawks passing game. Dory, first and foremost, how you feeling? How are the vibes of the squad? Uh, good, feeling good. I mean, as you can hear, probably there's a lot of commotion. We're still out here competing, battling, so uh, energy is good here. I want to get your thoughts on something. You're a vet. You got a lot of time in this league. You guys had three games and 12 games. Now you got 11, day, 11 days in between competition periods. What do you like better as a, what, seven-year veteran? Which, which one is easier on the body? Which one's better in terms of competition? Um, I'm not gonna lie. I do like I like both a quick turnaround and a time to get breaks. Um, as you know, when you get a quick turnaround, you know the other team just played on that Sunday or whatever they play, so it's balanced out. And then when you have a break, you get your body a chance to rest. So it's beneficial for both. Um, I like the quick turnaround because I get a longer break. You know, get my body together. All right, let's talk about Geno Smith, aka Geno 2.0. They wrote him off. He ain't right back. Yeah. This offense goes through this dude. Uh, in terms of prepping for Geno Smith, what's his skill set? What does he bring to that offense? Uh, very smart player. Uh, a veteran in this league that's played a lot of games um a great arm strength can run the ball can be mobile um i just feel like a guy that's poised and smart like you say he didn't write back so he knows what to do knows what not to do and he just playing to his skill set and his ability and he's a playmaker his comeback does that make him even more dangerous because he's kind of in a way you can say playing with house money right now uh, i think it makes him uh who he always been you know when he was in college um, playing well, even when he was in the league, you know, some things happen where it may be, but staying the course, staying patient, being humble, respecting the game. When you do that, good things happen to you, and that's why he's playing at a high level. Let's talk about who he's throwing to. DK Metcalf leads the team in yards, but Tyler Lockett leads the team in touchdowns and targets. Right. Break down both of their skill set, and, and when you see uh, Metcalf versus uh, Tyler Lockett, does that change your approach and how you cover those guys? I would say they're two different, but the same in the sense where they're both playmakers. They both can get the ball on a slant, a hitch, an under route, take it to the house, can both attack you deep vertically and can run routes. So I, I feel like those guys, obviously, stature, size-wise, they bring different things, but playmakers as well, and you got to study them both the same. Uh, Jason, uh, Seattle, this offense, they've put up 30 twice in three games, 27 on that last one. What's it like preparing for the Seattle uh, offense? How can they hurt you? Uh, just knowing they got big guy who can stretch the field, uh, DK, 50-50 uh, guy. Uh, you got a, a Wiley vet um, who can stretch the field as well, lock it. So um, just trying to kind of keep minimize them, uh, let them check the ball down and go tackles. How do you minimize two receivers as dangerous as that and know what they're doing with the amount of experience they've had in this league? A lot of trust in our young corners, a lot of trust in our young corners, and then obviously filter back to our vets in the back. So, you know, me and X, uh, X was doing it for a while. Um, both have great ability when the ball's in the air. So uh, let them play aggressive, let them play dogs, and then we up top. You come back from playing a Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you've got Kenneth Walker the third now. What's the difference in their skill set, and what does he bring to this offense? Uh, Honestly, to me, watch it similar, uh, similar to me. Uh, both great after after contact. Uh, definitely got to wrap them up. Uh, it's going to be a big game of first man in, you know, wrap up, secure the tackle, um, and then second guy get the ball out. Um, shifty, low to the ground. That's the thing. Can change direction very well. Um, and see, Kenneth's a set you up type of guy. Uh, he's a set you up type of guy. So just playing smart within our gaps. You guys are back on the big screen on Monday Night Football. It's your third primetime game this year. If people are saying you guys hey, got to get a win on primetime to show the league that you guys are contenders, like how big would this win be on a Monday Night Football game? Uh, it, 
It's big. I think we know that, but we don't make it bigger than what it is. It's a game, uh, just like last week, or whether we play at 1 o'clock, 8 or 4.30. Uh, it's a must win. Every week is a must win. Xavier, I was just talking with Jason Pinnock about going up against DK Metcalf and a Tyler Lockett. He said the communication has to be there between you two guys. What's it like going up against these two type of receivers, both who's had a lot of success in this league? Yeah, I mean... Anytime you get to face, um, you know, great receivers like those two, it's always going to be a challenge. Um, I think we understand that. We've went, we've, you know, been able to, you know, face, you know, other great receivers before. So we definitely understand that. It's going to be fun, uh, just like it always is. But we definitely got to be keyed in, definitely got to be locked in on, on, you know, the communication part of it. And not just, you know, us two, but just the uh, defense as a whole. I think that's going to be super important this game. You throw in a Kenneth Walker the third, and now this offense has back. Balance. Yeah. You know, you have two big play receivers on the outside, then you have a running back. What's that like having to play a team that's both uh, has success in both the run and the pass? Yeah, it's definitely tough when you when you play a team that's, you know, well-rounded and very balanced run and pass. Um, you know, you always know when you get a team like that, you got to you, you got to really play things true. Um, you got to be on your keys. You can't, you know, have bad eyes, anything like that, because it can, um, you know, get you at times. But um, just got to be smart. Got to got to play with with discipline, and uh, you know, be be ready to compete at the end of the day. So. And then the guy, the general of the offense, I like to call him Geno Smith 2.0. It's a brand new guy in this league, almost. Um, what's it like playing that chess game? with a quarterback like Geno Smith? Yeah, man, I think, you know, chess game with the quarterbacks, you know, it's definitely can get tough because uh, you definitely got to do a, a good study on them and kind of know, you know, what they like to do, their tendencies. This will be my second time playing Geno, I think. Um, so it's going to be a fun matchup. Um, you know, I, I picked some things from the first time we played them before last year. Um, so it should be fun, you know, being able to go against them again. You can't tell us what those things are, huh? Nah, I can't tell you. I can't, can't give out too much too much info, man. G14 classified. I get it. All right, you've gone up against a Dak, uh, a Josh Dobbs, Brock Purdy, now Geno. Kind of which quarterback would you say is the hardest to prepare for? Oof. Um, I probably got to go with Dak. Um, okay. only so Dak, that was actually my first time playing him. Um, so my first year, I was hurt, so I didn't get to play him. My second year, I think he was hurt. Um, and then third year, it was a different different QB, I think. Um, but that was my first time playing him, and it was definitely a challenge. Um, you know, some things that, you know, I wasn't expecting him to do. Um, but it's good to, you know, be able to face him. And, you know, when we see him again, I kind of understand a little bit more and, 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 you know, can process things a lot faster. Last but not least, is everything okay with the Alabama Crimson Tide? Yeah, everything good, man. We. We, you know, we got a little slow start, but we're gonna be all right. Though we always, you know, find a way to to push through. That's, you know, we built we built like that, so we'll be all right. In the words of Xavier McKinney and Kendrick Lamar, we're gonna be all right. Yeah, we're gonna be all right for sure. <laughs> Xavier McKinney talked about the tell that he picked up on Geno the last time they played. So I wonder if that tell could lead to the Giants' first turnover of the season. They needed the separations in the preparation. All right, so there's no Know Your Enemy this week. So we got some prop bets and some predictions from different sports books. You guys know how we do this thing. I'm going to give the over-under. You guys tell the number. You guys give us the over-under. We're going to start with Gino Smith 2.0. 253 and a half pass mm. yards. Over-under times. I heard the mm. Give us the good. I'm going over. Ooh. I like Gino Smith to go over 253 against his secondary. I'm mad at this team, so every time I'm going to do everything against them. He's going to throw for 300, multiple touchdowns, over 253. Paul. For Gino. When you've lost Lawrence Tynes, you know, mm. I know they didn't lose you, but he's he's on the edge there. Uh, Gino, I'm, I'm going to go under I'm going to go to under 253, um, <laughs> mainly because I think they're going to run it pretty well. Mm. And so they're not going to have to throw for 300, you know, so that's a good news for the Giants, under 253, maybe bad news for the Giants because they're going to run it pretty well. Agreed. Mm. I go I go under with this one. I think the Giants secondary is going to limit the big plays from a lot of his his weapons on the outside, but I think he's going to run the ball or the the Seahawks are going to run the ball. And that leads us to the next player prop bet. Kenneth Walker the 3rd, 64 and a half rush yards over under Paul. Well, you guys like the way I said butter last time I was <laughs> on, so I'm going to say over. Over for okay. over. Over. Like over. Okay. Over. Like OVAH. Over. Um, 
he's a good runner. Um, you know what? Prove it to me. You know, uh, I'll, I'll pick unders when you when you start holding these guys unders. Okay, that's all. You know, I'm not going to speculate on what they're going to do. I'm going to say based on past the performance, I'm going to say over until they prove me wrong. So over. Times. Way over. This is a big, big game for the Seattle offense. They're going to absolutely dominate the Giants' defense. So he's going to have 100. Several receivers will have a couple hundred yards too. So I'm going over for Kenneth Walker. Yeah, he ran for 90-something against the Carolina Panthers. I'm going over on this one as well. The Giants' rush defense has to show that they could stop somebody. All right, let's go to the outside, the receivers. DK Metcalf, 66-and-a-half receiving yards. Over, under, over, or under times? Over for DK (laughs) Metcalf and all his muscles. Yes, he is going to be way over 60-something, whatever the heck you said, yards. This Paul, is, I'm sensing a, I'm sensing a bad trend here with Lawrence. There's no way he's going to pick the Giants after after trashing them like this. Um, I think over, and I think because there'll be one big play, you know, there'll be one in the 30, 35, 40 range, and that will you know lift it up. I don't know if he's going to be you know nine for for one forty or anything, but um, he hmm. always gets a big play down the field. You know, he always. I mean, he may get a big pass interference too. He's just so physical and so fast that. You know, one of these rookies is going to take him down or just get out muscled, and, you know, that will bring the average up. So, over. I'm saying under. Trey Hawkins, the third, get the seatbelt, strap mm. him up. That's what the DBs do these days, the seatbelts. I, I think DK Metcalf is going to be relatively quiet. It's the next guy that I'm worried about, and that's Tyler Lockett, 53 and a half receiving yards. Uh, Paul, over, under. I'm going to say under. Um, you know, I mean, just a guess. You know, I think it'll be more Metcalf than Lockett. Lockett's really good, and he could be the guy that we don't talk about that much, and he goes for 150. But um, I'll go under because I can't go over with everybody here. I don't think the Seahawks are going to score 40. Tines. Yeah, I'll go under here too. I think I think uh, Lockett is a tremendous player. I think he gets a couple little red zone touchdowns. He's an unbelievable route runner down in the red zone. For a guy that's not big, the way he creates separation from the slot and some of the various spots. I mean, he is such a good route runner, and his dad's a very good friend of mine. So, uh, yes, I'm going to say he's, he's under. I'm going to go over on this one. Uh, DK Metcalf leads the team in catches and yards, but Tyler Lockett leads the team in targets. Geno Smith targets this guy. And if they're going to run the ball on the Giants, that's going to open up that RPO game. And when those linebackers step up, there he goes on that slant. Tyler Lockett knows what spot to be at, and that's where a lot of his success comes from. Uh, Let's flip it. Let's talk about these Giants prop bets. We got Daniel Jones, 217 and a half passing yards. Tines, over, under. Under. No way. Ooh. I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're going to – no, he's under 200 yards, under 217. Paul. No facts to back it up, just – well, you you have the last two games of facts. The last yeah. three, you know, the, the, you have two not 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 the Arizona game, but you know the second half. Um, I'm going to say over. I mean, I mean, two seventeen is not. You know, it only looks crazy when you look about one thirty and one fifty and whatever the heck the Giants are putting up. You know, every time the Giants on lose a game, and and I get you know, well, according to Elias, it's the lowest something something yeah. in 10 years 20 years 30 years i mean what are we talking about here i mean you know you know the you know the total yards is the lowest in 15 or 20 years i mean you know this, this is not supposed to happen i'm going to say over um i think i think he'll, they'll it'll be a close close enough game where i think daniel's gonna good you know finally get something going downfield with some of these guys yeah, I'm going to go over as well. We're talking about a Seattle Seahawks offense that's put up 37 in back-to-back games. The Giants are going to have to match that. They're not going to be able – I don't think it's going to be one of those games where you hold, try and hold them to 17, 24 points. The Giants are going to have to throw that rock. Daniel Jones, 34-and-a-half rush yards over under. Uh, Tynes, who did I say? Well, Tynes, go ahead. Yeah, I'll go over here. I think he's going to – Daniel's going to have a big day with his legs. Um, I really do. I think this is the game where he kind of breaks out, maybe not 100 yards, but something in that 70 to 80 yard range. Um, they got to get this part of the game going again to have a chance. Run the football, run with Daniel, and, and then pick your spots to throw it. So I'll go over. Paul. Yeah, the Giants were spooked, you know, in 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 um in San Francisco. You know, the San Francisco was waiting for it. Daniel two rushes for five yards. The Giants aren't going to win that way. That's all. That's the way they're built. He's got to, especially with no Saquon. You know, you have to have rushing yards from him. Um, I'm going to say over 34 and and a half. Um, they have to. And you know, after five, a game where he ran for five yards, 
they know they have to do better than that. And yeah. it doesn't have to be programmed stuff. You know, bang, take it and go. Take it and go. You don't see it. Put it down. You can get the first down. Run out of bounds. Slide. That's it. Move the chains. I mean, you know, you know, first downs are not a bad thing with this team. You know, they don't need all the big plays. Uh, get some first downs. Yeah, I'm going to go over on this one. I think he has a chunk run, uh, 18 to 25, and that's off of scrambling on a third down. Uh, I came to me in my sleep last night. Uh, here we go. Last one. Darren Waller, 45 and a half receiving yards. Paul, over under. Daniel Jones's rushing stats don't come to me in my sleep. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> call, call me crazy. I don't know. But um, they, they don't. They don't. Um, Waller, I'm going to say under. I'm going mm. to say under. You know, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till the next big game. And I'm not, you know, I, I, I said Daniel's going to have over 217. But, you know, and, you know, Waller will do something. And I think, you know, Hyatt can have a long one. Um, Slayton can have a long one. Um, you know, maybe some underneath stuff. Um, um, I'm just going to say un, under for Waller because, you know, he's not breaking any tackles. I'll tell you that much. You know, he's got to secure the ball and tuck it away and, and have, not have it get punched out or not have it go off his hands. You know, that that's a number one with him right now. Tynes, Paul thinks that Daniel's going to throw for over 217, but Waller's not going to get in on any of that action. 45 and a half over under. Yeah, I think Waller can surpass that, no problem. I don't like the the, the Seahawks linebackers matchup against Darren Waller. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, he's familiar with them having played them a few times in the last couple of seasons being in Oakland, but I do like Waller to get going here at home in front of the home crowd, yeah. over 45 yards. That should be just a couple catches for him. It's same. He has to get going. The offense runs through him. They did a great job against Arizona in that second half, getting him the ball off of the RPO. Yeah. Have to have that run game presence to open that up, but that's a way to get him the ball, get him started, get some sort of rhythm, and then you take some chunk plays down the field. Let's go to our we're going to We're going to add our predictions and final thoughts together. Paul, you'll go, I'll go, and then times you kick us home. Predictions and your final thoughts, Paul. Leonard Williams said it's not a must win because we don't win. It's not like we're not, at the, at, not in the playoffs. I mean, he still wants to win. I get that. But, um, you know, but but he's right. I mean, must win to me is if you lose, you're, you're eliminated. So that's not the case. But I call it almost no. like a must not lose game. You know, and is there a difference? Well, not really. But in my mind, there is because you can't lose this game, go to one and three against a Seattle team that you probably would be fighting for in the NFC playoff race anyway. So it'd be a double edged sword. Um, I think the Giants on Monday night, which is where they're at their worst, finally come up with a win. It's going to be like a 27-24 kind of game, close, tough, and um, uh, Lawrence Tynes' favorite game, a um, field goal at the end wins it by Graham Gano. Yeah, I say Giants 28-25, field goal at the end wins that. Absolutely. You're talking to this, to this defense. I need you guys to play with urgency, but don't play desperate. Once you play desperate, that's when the flags get to flying. You're trying to do too much. The Giants have to come in and, again, change the narrative about this team on primetime. And you have a Monday night football game with the entire world watching to do that. Daniel Jones, whichever running back, offensive line, you guys can confront all the haters, all the Twitter fingers out there by having success on this Monday night football game, beating a good Seattle Seahawks team. It's right there for the Giants. It's right there to take it, and that's all they have to do. Play together, play smart, play with urgency, but don't play desperate. Tynes, kick us home. Yeah. This game falls on the staff, and mainly this guy. You see this guy? Ooh. Look, and I'm wearing shorts, and I don't care about showing anyone I'm wearing shorts. I don't care. It's on this guy right here. Brian Dable, wake up. Coach of the year. Show us why you're coach of the year. You've got better players. You have a better scheme. You have players all over the place. It's up to you to get this team motivated to go play in front of a national audience and win a game. You're a great coach. Figure out what motivates these guys. Giants 31 Seahawks 27. There's going to be a defensive Ooh. score here by our defense. So even though I picked that offense to move the football against the Giants, they're still not going to win the game. Let's get this guy going. Coach of the year. Where are you? We haven't seen you in three weeks. All right, Brian Dable, you got Lawrence Tynes telling you this show. And that's not it's not disrespectful people who are like who no. are gonna oh, love he's calling out Brian Dable. We think he's a heck of a coach. We want to see that energy. The whole fan base wants to see that energy. I want to hear I, Juicy in that locker room after the game. Right? That's Paul, what that was their thing. 
Paul, before we end, who sings Juicy? Uh, I, 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 any guess I would make would be uh, Drake. I don't know. Okay. Time's close enough? Close enough? I like that. That's we'll, fine. We'll like that. We'll like that. All right, guys. We who, gave who, you... who is it? Who is it? Uh, Notorious B.I.G. Notorious B.I.G. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You familiar with him? Um, I've heard of him. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a start right there. All I, right. Have my son on. Uh, you can, <laughs> my son will talk about him. I, I, no, no. Springsteen? Did Springsteen sing that song? No. Margaritaville? Can we wrap the show up? All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, we gave you guys the matchups, the player interviews, prop bets, and our final thoughts to get you guys ready for Monday night. Thank you guys for watching Blue Rush. Remember to subscribe, follow, like, and share the podcast and the show, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you choose. Waving the flag. We appreciate the love. Scotland. All the love coming from Scotland, from the U.K., from Germany, all Giants fans all over. And make sure you check out new episodes. They go back to dropping on Thursdays before a Sunday game. And the post-game podcast will be out around lunchtime on Tuesday because we've got a Monday night game. Go follow both the New York Post Sports and SNY YouTube pages for all the videos and all the cool content for and from Paul Schwartz, Lawrence Tynes, and myself. Thank you guys for hanging with us. That's it for this episode of Blue Rush.